Hi, I'm Brittany Hoffman. And I'm Juliana Vasquez-Keating. Welcome to Shifting Ears. This is the Valley Metro internal podcast talking all things transit, transportation, and everything you need to know about the agency behind the scenes and some upfront stuff you may not know about. Brittany, I'm excited about this episode because we get to learn more about some big changes coming to East Valley Bus Service for Valley Metro. We're talking about a change that hasn't happened at Valley Metro in at least a decade. Yeah, Juliana, this is a very big deal. We're transitioning our East Valley bus operations over to a new contractor, Keolis North America. The transition is impacting everyone who works at the Mesa and Tempe bus yards, as well as every department in Valley Metro. This transition is happening with the start of the new year, so there's been a lot of work going on behind the scenes to prepare for the last few months. You'll hear more about that later in the episode. First, let's get to know a little bit more about Keolis and how they're working on this transition. My name's Dave Todd. I'm the general manager for Keolis North America. We'll be working on the contract for Valley Metro in Arizona. So you've relocated here from Southern California. Can you share a bit about your transit background prior to arriving in Phoenix? I've been in the industry for 25 years. I've only been out of Arizona for 13 months. So Mm -hmm. relocation back from 13 months is a bit much. But I am glad to be grounded back in my home state to do what I love, and that's transportation. I worked on the North-South Project for the city of Phoenix for, like I said, all of my career except the last 13 months that's been with Keolis. Keolis is a new contractor to the Valley. Can you tell us about this agency? Absolutely. This agency is vastly different from what I've experienced you know, in the past with dealing with other agencies within our industry. And how we're different is we believe our model is to change culture where that's needed. And we've successfully been able to do that. We're not new per se. We're new in the market of North America and Canada. So we're growing. We've got two big contracts. This one's one of them that start January 1. So that will give us nine of this type contract in North America. So we're excited. And as we do these transitions, we're bettering ourselves each time. But Keolis is about the people, the planet, the clients, and our passengers. Our first thing is safety. It may sound cliche and everybody starts with that, but that's truly who we are and, and what we're all about. And it's not just the safety of you know, the passengers. I mean, it's our community as a whole. It's our employees working to find a better work-life balance. We do a lot of things within our company that create this better morale in this workplace. We find that we are the place of work choice for people that are looking to jump industries and to retain the people that are currently in this industry. So you're not just making, you know, operational changes. You want to make cultural changes as well. Absolutely. And we do. When I first started with Keolis, it was early October of last year, and the vastly different service than Arizona, from my experience and just watching it, the different culture from four hours away to the west of us and seeing the morale that this company had with its employees was just so eye-opening. It was day two and just the amount of people that would meet and greet with me that they didn't know who I was or why I was there, but they would make sure they would come up and shake my hand and introduce themselves and We look to change that here in this environment as well. That's great to hear. So how do you and your team measure and ensure success with this transition? Everything's measured through our KPIs, but it's not just about that. What drives it is our people. And we've put together what I, it's a rock star team. It's second to none in this industry with the years of experience from the key management 
if I were to list the years of experience, it was well over 300. And then on top of that, the corporate support is just phenomenal. And then the thing that we do, I think, that stands out the most that is the big buzz around the locations right now is this transition team that swoops in here and does all the hard work to get us to where we need to be January 1. And they're doing that in abundance right now, getting us to the percentage levels of manpower in every position, not just drivers and mechanics, but across the board before we go live on January 1. And these are the people that will come in, they're here, and they'll leave, and you probably won't see them for a while. But they're the ones that get all the praise for all the hard work that they're doing now for us to make a seamless transition on that day. And we're excited. We're ready to go now. We just need more staffing, and we're ready to go. Well, it sounds like that transition team is setting you up for success. What are some other lessons learned from previous contractor transitions? Actually, through this transition team, this you know this is the second one I've worked with, and we just did one. Gosh, I can't remember how long ago it was, but we did it and said we turned it around in 17 days. I wasn't a part of that one, but I was floored that they could do it that quickly. And then in Orange County, we had 47 days to turn it around, and we did really successfully. And one of the things that I would joke about is we'd have these calls about lessons learned, what could we do better, is what the title of the meeting was called. And on the third or fourth one, I would say, can we talk about what we did right? You know, And because we did so much more right than we did wrong. But it's always important to identify some weaknesses and things like that. One of the things that stood out was having the proper management team and operations team on site at a particular time. And it's a balance of, do you have enough people or do you have too many people? In Orange County, at one point, we had too many people, small space to work. And then when it was time to start ramping up, we didn't have enough people in key positions that we needed them. And so we've kind of tweaked that and fixed that a little bit on this model. So I think right now, everything seems to be working pretty well in balance as we move forward. It's looking pretty promising. And mind you, those two were really successful startups. So This one, we've had a good while to get up and running, so I have no doubt. Things are much calmer on this one, which I truly, truly appreciate. (laughs) Yeah, it's crazy to see just everything that goes into a transition. Like, it's not a couple days thing. We're talking months of planning and operational changes. Yeah, just imagine you're going to buy a new home and and taking, you know, how long... The current contractor's been here since 2013, but you times that times the 800 employees and all their cars and, you know, which be in the buses and having to do all that stuff. That's what it's just a massive undertaking at an operational point where the buses will be ready to go. So the fleet stability will be there. We won't have any late pullouts or misservice or trips or anything like that due to that. So that affects the riders, you know, and in this environment, especially in the summertime, my goodness, it's like to have to wait at a bus stop for 30 minutes is unbearing, but to have to do it for an hour is just not fair. And the same thing applies, like I talk about morale all the time. We create this model that I've been talking about that gets people to come to work and stay to work and those things. And we've proven that in Las Vegas and California on multiple contracts there. And it's proven. And at the end of the day, that's what we're hired to do is to come into these communities and operate safely, reliable, and provide the service that they deserve. You know, not only Valley Metro as the client, but the community. Dave, this podcast is for our internal staff. And so that's including everyone at the 101 building, you know, the bus yards, operators, maintenance, people who are making this transition. Do you have any words to say to them? 
Thank you. A big thank you to everybody that's involved. Stay tuned. You'll see what we can do, and we're going to prove that we're going to be able to do it. And we're looking forward to do more of it here in the Valley. So, again, a big thank you to everybody for everything that you've pitched in and done and been a part of. A lot of these things can't be done without everybody coming together and working together as a team because all these transitions, sometimes they can go sideways quickly. We haven't experienced that, thank goodness, and we look forward to a smooth one and to deliver what we promised. I don't know about you, Brittany, but Keolis sounds like they are excited to become a part of the Valley Metro family. Oh, yeah. I love the positivity, and I am all for anything that enhances our rider experience. We've learned a little bit about our new bus contractor, Keolis, and their vision for bus operations. What about the transition process for all of our current staff? Great question, Brittany. Let's dive deeper into more action happening behind the scenes and hear from somebody who's been leading this transition from the very beginning. My name is Tom Young. I'm Deputy Chief of Bus and Paratransit Operations. So, Tom, you have an extensive background in transit. Why did you decide to join Valley Metro? I've actually watched Valley Metro through several APTA committees over the years, and I've always been somewhat intrigued with some of the creativity and programs that Valley Metro has implemented. Also, looking at the commitment they've made to the riding public, I've always picked that up through the APTA committees. So back in late 2019, when I saw that the Accessible Transit Service Manager was actually leaving, I kind of jumped at that chance to see if I could be successful in joining Valley Metro. So I applied for the position, went through a long interview process. I can say during the interview process, visiting the Valley in November, December, and January was a big plus because I didn't see the heat of the, the <laughs> middle of the summer. But just joining Valley Metro was kind of like a dream. The weather, everything's been a, a big plus here. But my family, we all agree, we've hit home, not only in the job with Valley Metro, but actually the metropolitan Phoenix area is great. Well, that's how we hook you, Tom. We get you in during the non-summer months, and then (laughs) we throw that on you later. So right now, we're in the midst of a pretty big operational change. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, I'm going to start with a little bit of background. So all of Valley Metro's bus services are contracted out to private sector companies. We currently have three separate contracts under our bus service. Our largest contract is currently with a company called TransDev and operates all the service in the East Valley. That contract actually expires on December 31st of this year. So last year, we actually started a competitive procurement process for a new contract, which begins New Year's Day 2024. After the extensive procurement process, we awarded the contract to a new company called Keolis to start getting prepared to take over the service on January 1st. So typically a contract of this size, there'd be anywhere from four to six months allowed for the transition to occur. But with the procurement process we had and the board approval process, it was mid-September before we actually issued them a notice to proceed. So they had about three and a half months to prepare for this transition, which is a really tight timeline. So we've had two and a half months of working with Keolis in making this transition or preparing for the transition. 
So what are the responsibilities included in conducting a transition plan like this one? How does it happen? We know there's so much background work that's been going on for months. So a transition of this type has several levels involved. There's administrative tasks the contractor needs to complete. All Valley Metro equipment, including the revenue vehicles, the facilities, shop equipment, has to be inspected and accepted by Valley Metro back from the current contractor. Then we have to go through a process of the new contractor has to actually inspect all the revenue vehicles, facilities, shop equipment, and accept them from Valley Metro. So there's a long period of time where Valley Metro may say to Transdev that we need you to do these repairs on a vehicle before we're going to accept them back. And then the same thing with Keolis is saying that we may not accept this vehicle until these repairs are made. So that's a large part of it. That's a lot to do. And it's just the vehicles. What about the employees? The contractor also has to fill all positions necessary to operate the service. This includes frontline employees such as vehicle operators, mechanics, dispatchers, controllers, administrative and finance staff, supervisors, leads, and managers also have to be filled. So as the new company, you know, Keolis is starting, is brand new, have to hire all new employees for this position. They did come in with their executive leadership already in place, but other than the six key positions that we required them to proceed, all positions are vacant and they need to move forward in hiring and filling those. The contractor also has to purchase equipment not provided by Valley Metro, such as computer workstations, non-revenue vehicles for maintenance, for road supervisors, and operator relief cars. You've covered fleet, maintenance equipment, employees, and other miscellaneous items. Those are the key categories, but what's the plan to make this transition successful? Keolis was required to submit a transition plan with all the tasks that was necessary to complete. So they started with an already built transition plan. Now, part of the proposal and plans that there were over 25 items the Keolis had to submit to Valley Metro for approval prior to getting started. Some of those items include the operator training program, drug and alcohol programs, complaint resolution plans, preventative maintenance and even predictive maintenance programs, environmental compliance, and other items like that. So before Keolis could even get started on the transition. They had to give us detailed documents that we had to review and approve just so they could start on the programs. Part of this transition, Valley Metro had established a formal project management team that includes a steering committee and subcommittees made up of subject matter experts throughout the entire organization. So just about every department at Valley Metro is a part of this transition. Mike Powell, our chief of transportation, is the executive sponsor of this whole project. And I have to mention Angie DeVore and Rosalia Lopez as the facilitators keeping this entire group together, ensuring that we're completing all the tasks in the time that's allotted. 
Wow, that's a long list of tasks. Where would you say we are in hitting a lot of these key milestones? Are we pretty much almost over the finish line, would you say? We have a goal of by December 15th of having the majority of these tasks completed. As of two days ago, we came up with about 77% of the tasks are completed. There are several tasks that we cannot accomplish until right before the transition. So I'll go back in October. We did have the initial vehicle inspections of the entire fixed route fleet. During those inspections, we identified any defects that need to be repaired, and TransDev's been diligently working on those repairs. December 27th is when we start the reinspection of those vehicles. So we'll have three days to reinspect the vehicles to ensure that the repairs that were identified in October were made and we can successfully transition the fleet over to Keolis. Tom, that is a lot to finish in three days. I mean, you have to think we have over, what, 200 buses in all of our fleet? Yes. And what I will say is, you know, with Darren Curry, our new chief of maintenance, under his leadership, his staff, and a third-party contractor, they're on top of this. And they're watching and monitoring the progress on the repairs on a daily basis. So they're not sitting back and waiting till December Mm -hmm. 27th. They know on a daily basis what's happening. Awesome. Well, like you said, we have the teams in place to make sure we're on track for a smooth transition. It seems like we're hitting a lot of those milestones. But I want to circle back because you mentioned the process of all the new employees that will be Keolis staff. And so what has that process been like for current employees, operators, maintenance, you know, the day-to-day people in the offices? What has that transition been like? I can only kind of talk from where I'm sitting right now. I I can put myself in the position, and I would say for most current TransDev employees, it's probably a little scary for them. So as I mentioned, the new contractor has brought in their own executive level management team. Anybody in those key positions for TransDev that's currently running this operation, they are either being transferred by TransDev to other operations or they're looking for new jobs since Keolis has brought in that management team. But for the remaining positions, the new contractor has reached out to all incumbent employees and encouraged them to apply. Now, that may sound a little bit funny asking, especially from the employee standpoint of, I've been doing this job for eight years and you're telling me I have to apply for my own job? Well, you know, logistically, TransDev is ending the employment of all, and Keolis has to start the employment. So all employees do have to apply for the position with Keolis. They'll have to go through all pre-employment background checks. Drug and alcohol screens were appropriate. Some of the positions I did leave out, you look at all of the supervisors, controllers, dispatchers, and even down to some of the office support staff. Once again, Keolis has reached out to the employees currently holding those positions with TransDev and have encouraged them to apply for those positions. From the employee standpoint, kind of back to the original question, it's probably a very scary time. We're working closely with Keolis with TransDev. Valley Metro staff are right here encouraging everybody that, you know, this transition does happen once every 10 years. Let's work together and make it as smooth as possible for everybody. 
Yeah, that sounds like a heavy lift, just transitioning all the employees, but it sounds like wheels are in motion and we're in a good spot. Tom, I know that I'm looking forward to this. This is an opportunity to, I don't want to say start fresh, but really kind of renew our energy as we move forward with our bus operations. Do we expect any riders to notice any of the transition? If all of us do our job properly, what we're truly expecting come January 1 is that our riders have no clue that anything has changed whatsoever. You know, as we move forward, I think we're all really focused on service improvements on a daily basis. Your question, we're hoping and we feel confident that customers will not know a change has occurred. And come January 2nd, January 3rd, we're just going to continue to move forward for the best quality service possible. Is there anything else you want to add about the transition? Well, there's one area I really haven't talked about yet, and it has to do with New Year's Eve. I want to draw this little picture of New Year's Eve, December 31st. So New Year's Eve day, TransDev's providing service. TransDev needs to have all the resources they use on a daily basis available to provide that service on New Year's Eve. Everybody knows our service goes till 1 to 2 in the morning, and New Year's Day, our service starts up at four in the morning. So in reality, on New Year's Eve, we have a period of less than two hours that TransDev will be parking vehicles. TransDev will be moving their equipment out of the facilities. And at the same time, Keolis will be moving in their equipment and everything into the facility so they can pull their vehicles out on time to get service rolling New Year's Day. So that I almost picture almost like when I was a teenager, you pull up to a stop sign, everybody jumps out of the car and runs around the car and gets <laughs> back in before the light changes. That come New Year's Eve, that's the exercise we'll be going through. And we have under two hours to make the full transition complete and get that first bus rolling out on New Year's Day. So we have a large team between Valley Metro, Keolis, and TransDev all working together to make this transition possible. We're all supporting each other. TransDev is the outgoing contractor. Keolis is the incoming contractor. And without everybody's involvement in this, we wouldn't be where we are today and moving forward for a, a successful transition. So what I'm hearing is your New Year's is looking a little different than typical <laughs> New Year's celebrations. <laughs> Oh, do we have to go into that, really, of what my <laughs> typical New Year's celebration is? <laughs> well, I mean, you could be in bed by 12.15, you know. This year, I don't think so. <laughs> Typically, the last few years, I've been in bed long before midnight and just see what it looks like in the morning. But this year, I'm sure I'm going to not only see the New Year be brought in, but there's a strong potential I'll see the sun come up on New Year's Day. Wow. There is a lot to this transition, but it sounds like our team, TransDev and Keolis, have everything on track. Talk about teamwork. Teamwork really makes the dream work, especially in this case. A lot of big things happening in the new year, not just for staff at the bus yards, but every department at Valley Metro. Like Tom said, this is a once-in-a-decade transition. Let's hope it's only once-in-a-decade with all this work happening in such a short amount of time. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of Shifting Ears and watch out for new episodes every month wherever you listen to podcasts. For Valley Metro, I'm Brittany. I'm Juliana. Thanks for riding with us. We'll meet you at the next stop. Shifting Ears is produced by Alex Sosos and Dane Riles. Peter Corkery is the executive producer. For Brittany Hoffman, I'm Juliana Vasquez-Keating. Thanks for listening.